Here we go. Uh, you're listening to Law and Gospel Bible Study Wednesday on this September the 21st in the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're kind of continuing our study on Proverbs chapter 12. Then afterwards, we're going to be going to my office and sending out more of CFW Walther's Law and Gospel books. That's that Law and Gospel Reader's Edition that you can get through Concordia Publishing House. Postage and all comes to about $55, but we're selling it for $40. And all you do is you send me an email and you put down your name, address, and phone number in case I have to phone you. One lady ordered it, but didn't give us her address, so I don't know where to send it. So I sent an email back asking for her address. And there are sometimes other questions I might have. So for $40, you get the big long gospel over 400 pages long of C.F.W. Walther's wonderful proper distinctions between law and gospel. And we're using many parts of the book uh, throughout our study of Proverbs. Uh, today we're going to be looking at chapter 12, verses 18 to 28. And the reason you need a pastor to kind of go through Proverbs is that we are trained not only to help you with the original languages of Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, but also to help you interpret the English Interpret the English. Isn't that kind of obvious? No. Verse 18. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Now, what does that mean? You know that in Thor... Um, Fighting with a sword, you may thrust at someone else, but the word also can mean are like sword pierces. The idea of one whose rash words, that Hebrew rash words, this is the only time it's found in the Old Testament. So rash words are words that come from a man's own old Adam. And he is like piercing you, like with a sword thrust. Now, what's really amazing about that sword thrust is that actually is a quotation from Zechariah 12, verse 10, referring to the crucifixion of Jesus. Remember at his crucifixion? A sword was thrust through him. It's found in John chapter 19, verse 33 and following. So Jesus is on the cross, and the soldiers come to him and see that he is already dead. So they did not break his legs, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and at once there came out blood and water. 
He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth that you also may believe. Now, listen to verses 36 and 37 of the gospel according to St. John. For these things took place, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. And that's the word that's used in Proverbs 12, verse 18. And it's quoted from also Zechariah 12, verse 10. So how many times would you read the English, there is one whose rash words are like sword pierces and not think of Jesus at all? No, Proverbs is inspired by the Holy Spirit, written by Solomon, giving us kind of real insights into the difference between an unbeliever and a believer. An unbeliever often has rash words. In other words, says things that are meant to hurt others. They're like sword pierces, just as Jesus experienced on the cross. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. So that also clarifies that Solomon is writing about our words which we speak. Rash words are like piercing sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Now, who is the wise? Well, it doesn't take long before in Proverbs, the word wisdom refers to none other than Jesus Christ. Jesus is the wisdom of God. And therefore, the book of Proverbs is Jesus speaking to you. And when you believe in Jesus Christ, you have a tongue of the wise, which brings healing. That doesn't necessarily mean healing from illness. It means psychological healing, spiritual healing. Uh, for example, we pastors do that at every funeral worship service. We bring healing to the mourners. So yes, they grieve, but not as those who have no hope. And the hope we bring them is always connected to the promises of God. Verse 19, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying, lying tongue is but for a moment. Now, that's again talking about the words between a believer whose lips are truthful and an unbeliever whose lying tongue is but for a moment. How do truthful lips endure forever? Because the lips of a believer go to heaven and last forever. 
in their new life. <coughs> Excuse me. But a lying tongue is but for a moment. Another way of translating that, a lying tongue lasts only for a blink of an eye. Because as soon as you understand someone to be lying, then you really don't want to take them at their word when they talk about spiritual things. This happens among some pastors who get in trouble because they were actually pilfering money from the offering plate or that they were dealing with another woman in the congregation besides their wife, etc. Who's going to trust such a pastor? Therefore, his lying tongue only lasts for a blink of an eye. Now, why is that? Verse 20 explains, Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but those who plan peace have joy. Now, I, I like a, another way of looking at it, where two words sound familiar, but they're the difference between the unbeliever and the believer. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but those who advise peace have joy. You see, when an unbeliever makes a plan, it's evil, and deceit is in his heart. So you really can't trust what's he going to say. How many people have lost a lot of money because they listened to what they thought was a dear friend giving them advice on how to buy stocks with a promise, boy, you can't lose on this. This is really going to bring in a lot of money and nothing happens. Or among young people, and we've discussed this before, when deceit is in the heart of an unbeliever, they're devising evil. They're planning evil. And so they get a, another young person to maybe get on drugs and then tell them how much money they can make in selling the drugs. A lot of drug users in big cities use children under 16 years old to sell the drugs because they cannot be put in jail for that. It's only considered a misdemeanor. And yet they get the money in devising this evil. In contrast to those who advise peace have joy. They not only have peace in their own life and joy, but those they advise also have great peace. For example, children brought up in a Christian household, going to church every Sunday, attending Sunday school, attending vacation Bible school, hearing their parents read the Bible to them, and talking about spiritual matters at dinner. 
they will be advised to have peace and joy. Verse 21. No ill befalls the righteous, but the wicked are filled with trouble. Now, how do you understand that English? Because during this pandemic, a lot of the righteous have become ill. Some have even died. Beardstown, Illinois, the congregation there received a new pastor from the seminary. And within two months, he came down with COVID and died within a week. So what does it mean that no ill befalls the righteous? God says you still will experience problems, sufferings, and illness, even if you are righteous. So a closer look at the Hebrew really should be read this way. No complete disaster befalls the righteous, which means there is nothing that happens to the righteous as they trust in Jesus and believe his promises that leads to a complete disaster. What is the greatest disaster that can happen to a human being is going to hell. And that never will happen to the righteous, no, much how, no matter how many problems, sufferings, illness, persecution, etc. occurs. Look at the apostles, all but John, who died a natural death on the island of Patmos. The rest of the apostles, we understand, died as martyrs. So they did not have a complete disaster. But the wicked are filled with trouble. Why is that? Because when God created the universe, he not only created scientific laws like gravity. So if you jump out of a third story window, it doesn't matter how much faith you have that you can fly, you're going to fall to the ground. Similarly, in the area of ethical behavior, God has set up negative consequences for those who are wicked, and that is the trouble that they run into. Recently, Jesus talked about a very rich man who had plenty to eat, but he didn't give food to a beggar outside of his table named Lazarus. They both died. Lazarus went to heaven. The rich man went to hell very important to understand that the rich man was filled with trouble because he was so persistent in taking a look at his money, his possessions, and that is what his life was all about. 22, verse 22 of chapter 12 of Proverbs. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Now, psychologists tell us 
that many of us lie many times. You see that in children. They may steal a cookie from the cookie jar and it drops to the floor and the jar breaks. And when they're accused of it, they say, no, I wasn't even in the kitchen. It must be my brother or sister who broke the jar. You see, that's a lying lip. That is an abomination to the Lord because there's no repentance. See, that's what's important about repentance. It takes the full amount of guilt and says, I'm the one responsible for it. And therefore, Lord, please forgive me. What a difference it is to parents to hear their children confess when they've done something wrong. But those who act faithfully are the delight of God. Now, another way of translating that, those who act truthfully are his delight. Because Jesus is the supreme truth. Verse 23, a prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims folly. Now, how do you understand that English? What does it mean a prudent man conceals knowledge? Well, let's take the example of a pastor. A pastor during his time dealing with the congregation may hear a number of confession of sins privately, and he is able to give them forgiveness. Well, can you imagine that the following Sunday, he says, you'll never guess who met with me this last week. And he gives the names. It was John and Mary and Fred and Cleve, and he names the names in the congregation, and then he goes on to say what their sin was. No. He breaks the confidentiality he has had with that person. And that's what it means a prudent man conceals knowledge. But the heart of fools proclaims folly. Now, what does that mean? Well, another word for folly is stupidity. That's often used in Proverbs, that unbelievers are considered to be stupid because they don't trust in Jesus. And when the heart of fools hears something bad about someone, why do they want to proclaim it to everybody? Oh, you'll never guess about Tom and Louise. They had such a big argument that they're getting a divorce. And he goes and tells everybody it. That's the heart of a fool, proclaiming the stupidity that may come about. And why does he proclaim stupidity and folly to others? Because it makes him look good to himself. I'm not like that. I mean, how many times have you given the law to someone and they say, I'm not that sinful. I know someone in my neighborhood that is a lot worse than me. Verse 24, the hand of the diligent will rule while the slothful will be put to forced labor. 
Now, what does that mean? The hand of the diligent, that's referring to the hard workers, those who work hard in the ministry of the Lord, in sharing with truthful lips and giving proper advice. They will rule from God's point of view. While the slothful, that's those who are lazy, will be put to forced labor. Verse 25. This is really important. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Another way of looking at that, anxiety in a man's heart causes depression, but a good word brings him joy. How many times have you had a sleepless night? Because you have a lot of things on your mind. You can hardly wait for day to come to wake up and start accomplishing some of them so they don't cause you depression. Anxiety is a way in which the devil gets you to leave Jesus Christ and follow him. But a good word brings joy. So that's the advice of a believer to someone who is anxious by telling him promises from God. Verse 26. One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Now that really is true. When you visit a pastor, or if you go to a friend who is a Christian and you feel anxious or depressed, they can guide you in a proper way because they have the gift of the Holy Spirit. But the way of the wicked, the way that the wicked attempts to get out of their depression will always lead them astray because they aren't listening to Jesus Christ, the person of wisdom about which the book of Proverbs is all about. Now, verse 24, we heard that the slothful, the lazy ones, will be put to forced labor. Verse 27, whoever is slothful will not roast his game, but the diligent man will get precious wealth. Now, here's another difference between the unbeliever and the believer. What does it mean he won't roast his game? Well, he's lazy, and so he'll go ahead and eat his meat that is raw. He won't roast it. Now, you may wonder, is that something the Bible even talks about? Well, guess what? Exodus 12, verse 9. There is a prohibition of eating the Passover lamb when it is raw. No, it needs to be cooked under the direction of God in a proper way. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't eat certain raw things like certain fish, etc. But I saw a YouTube recently where 
40 people got sick and some died because they were eating a fish from a particular lake and they ate it raw for breakfast. And it had been in a lake that caused sickness for human beings. So be careful what you eat raw. But here, if you're lazy and you're eating raw, just so you don't take the time to roast, guess what? The diligent man will get precious wealth. That doesn't mean money. It means many riches from God. Many of his blessings will come to the diligent man. Verse 28. In the path of righteousness is life. And in its pathway, there is no death. Now, wait a minute. Doesn't everybody die until the day of judgment? No. Jesus makes clear to Martha when he goes to raise Lazarus from the dead that he that believes in me shall never die. Now, it could be that your body will stop operating and go into decay, but your spirit continues to live with Jesus. Proverbs is filled with the two pathways, the path of the righteous and the path of the unbelievers. In the path of righteous, there is eternal life. And in its pathway, in its way, there is no death. In fact, that's kind of a quote from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54. Jesus, he will swallow up death forever. So there we have in Proverbs 12, some wonderful insights into the wisdom of Jesus Christ with connections to the New Testament and the crucifixion of Jesus. Join with us tomorrow at 9.30 for all more explanations. Till then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your checkout to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.